Whether you're dealing with does in heat and bucks in rut, the winter blues, the marathon of kidding season in the spring, or show season in the summer, Nate Funk and John Kane of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, are with you every step of the way, bringing you interviews from various breeders, judges, and others from all over the country. We're always covering the latest ad good news and covering topics to help make us all better dairy goat breeders. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my bro man, Nate Funk. What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, not much. It's a great day up here. All right, let's Just get the weather report out of the way. What's going on? Weather, weather? report, weather report. Well, it's a bit wet up here right now. Um, well, not yet. <laughs> We're recording on Thursday, so it'll be wet tomorrow and then and Saturday. So it'll be wet by the time this gets posted. Mm. But yeah, so right now I'm looking out here at the, the effects of lake effect snow on central New York. Loser. Um, part of the reasons that Syracuse ends up beating everybody for uh, snow, inches of snow every year. Uh, <laughs> and I, we have some friends in Minnesota that might just start laughing at you for saying that. Oh, uh, they get close. They get close. <laughs> But Syracuse ends up beating. Um, so, meanwhile, so, Fort Montgomery doesn't come close. No, we're smart down here. We we live closer south, and we'll get the occasional snow flurry. But uh, we're happy with just cold weather right now. Uh, but when it's July, uh, it's, and you're it's, dying at 98 degrees, oh, and I'm going, that. John, it's hot up here at 78 degrees. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all right. It just uh, makes our goats a little bit hardier for the sh- hot show rings, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine wilt like you know, little flowers that they are. <laughs> oh, Papa, it's hot down here. <laughs> at this this, at this uh, New England show. Can we go back <laughs> to the cool central New York shows? Right. So, how's your week been going, man? Oh, it's going been going pretty good. Uh, last week, you know, uh, it it's we're we're getting into that approach to kidding season, um, which is part of our topic tonight. Yeah, um, you know, and you know, we're within eight weeks for our first batch of does. We actually have five due within a day or two of each other. That's fun. Um, and uh, so we're doing the the pre baby prep. Um, so uh, yeah, it sounds fun. It, it is. It is. It's kind of exciting. At the same time, we're we're making sure our boys are recovering from breeding season. Um, they're ready for the cool weather of winter, and and hopefully they'll they'll be ready for show season come May. <clears throat> So, yeah, yeah. Um, although uh, we only have one new probably get in the show ring right now. Um, yeah, that's all know, right, though. And unless somebody wants to sanction experimental box. Here we go. Yeah. Um, but box. anyway, go we'll, well, that's another topic for another time. <laughs> um, no, it's been it's been pretty good. Finished up my Christmas shopping. Uh, the, the coming, you know. 
for us again we're recording on a Thursday night um you know gonna have try to have a relaxing Christmas Eve and Christmas Day um and just enjoy you know rolling ourselves into the new year yeah cool we've uh been kind of just coasting it, it's been a little bit cold here it's been like real feel of 20 something the last couple days which is frigid for us uh we've kind of just been know a... what 20 something is yeah we do uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we think we've been coasting along um next week i'll be hopefully squaring in some time to take care of the bucks you know copper them and give them some uh tlc get oh, them yeah get them a yeah. little bit uh in better rig uh, poor Orion, he gets that uh, seasonal alpecia where he starts losing his hair on his head. Yeah, yeah, my boys so. too. That's what we do. We, that's what I mean. We just did the copper. Yeah. Um, so know, I got to do that, and then uh, earlier this week, actually yesterday, uh, Tierney and I took Alice to go see Santa. <gasps> we have we have a guy that goes around on uh, floats. He drives around these. What's he got? Three floats or two? Tyranny. Uh, two. He's got two, and it's like all lights and one Santa sleigh. And he's got Santa, and Mrs. Claus, and the Santa is like perfection. He looks just like Santa. So we ran over there when they were doing their route. Uh, we go over to the uh, post office, the local post office, which is right across the street uh, from us, across the highway. So I grabbed uh, our. Old girl Jem put some antlers on her reindeer antlers and took her out to meet the kids so they could meet a real reindeer. Uh, and they had really <laughs> had had a bunch of fun. And Alice, although was a little bit tired, she didn't cry for Santa, so that was good. She may have looked like she uh, just didn't care in the pictures, but she, <laughs> I think she had fun. She, it, it was fun. She she takes after her father. Yeah, um, she she yeah she's got the RBF like me. uh but yeah it was it was a good time we're just tyranny is over here getting last minute projects done for christmas presents uh and yeah we're just getting ready for christmas eve with the family and church and then christmas day we'll just be doing the family thing again here so yeah same uh, here getting excited for that yeah we'll have kind of a christmas day we'll kind of have a open house sort of thing just kind of we've told a bunch of people you know we'll be here there'll be coffee there'll be cards you know come on in mm-hmm. and uh we'll see who shows up otherwise we'll just kind of chill out and enjoy the day that's cool um, but uh no that's that's been that's how we are right now hey we have a feedback question don't we we do. Let's go ahead and rip right into the feedback for the week. Uh, and this week, we have a question from Harley. And that question is, why do Nigerian dwarves get a bad rap at shows from the large breed breeders? Standard breeders. Uh, I often feel like I've committed a sin by just bringing my herd to shows. And I picked this one out of our feedback because... I've actually had a conversation with two people this week about this very same subject of why Nigerian dwarf breeders are kind of discriminated against uh, at shows. 
Uh, did you want to go first, Nate, and then I'll clean it up? Well, I was going to come up with a really witty uh, answer about you know, you know book one, chapter five, and verse so and so about uh, thou shall not show Nigerians. But uh, truth be told, um, I, I try to welcome anyone who's who's showing whether they've got Nigerians or or Sanans or Obahas. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, we're all part of a big family and not everybody has the same exact interest in goat, you know, breed of goat as someone else. So um, I try to, you know, goodness, my father has Nigerians. Okay. So, and he used to have Sanans and Togs. Um, so, you know, I, I think where it comes from is... Um, I, I, I'm going to say there's a little bit of a green-eyed monster involved here in that, you know, Nigerians rarely have issues being sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you go to some of the larger shows and the Nigerians roll up in these, you know, 24-foot 20, goosenecks with LED lighting, onboard water sy- filtration systems, individualized pens and camera system up to the cab of the truck um, with air conditioning and, you know, the standard rates show up on the back of a pickup truck and, and a little bit of barbed wire fencing to keep them in. Well, that's Uh, interesting (laughs) that you bring up that point. It really is because, you know, I've always said, Oh, it's because, uh, people think that Nigerians take up too much time in the ring, but maybe it's also a little bit of jealousy with the fact that people see these Nigerians coming in with uh, fancy trailers, not all of them, but you know, some, some herds have some fancy stuff. They and do. Then maybe there's a little bit of jealousy there where, you know, people are selling Nigerians for a lot more money than I could sell an Overhossley. That's for sure. Well, there's that. And there's the fact that you look at the size of the classes. Yeah. I mean, if, if, we had, you know, three or four hundred Nigerians at, not Nigerians, over Hosley at the next state show. You know, people probably be grumbling about over Hosley. You know, same with whatever breed. You suddenly showed up, you know, had, a, had 20 breeders show up and had three to four hundred of one breed while the rest were barely making sanction. You probably get this uh, side eye too, a stink eye. In fact, um, I think you know, good old good old um there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think there is a little bit of that, and then there's there are people, some standard breeders who, who do kind of look at the Nigerians and and they go, you know, oh they're they're, they're not real goats, they're not dairy real dairy goats. They make like what. You know, a cup, two cups of milk, a, a milking. Ah! You know? And what they don't realize is that Nigerian and those two cups of milk have probably got the sun and beat to a total butter fat in each production, each yeah. moment of production. Um, so. Yeah. I feel uh, you there. I feel you. I think. 
I think it comes down to people. Yeah, it could be jealousy. It could be uh, they hate waiting for Nigerians to be shown. They see those juniors in the ring <laughs> that are being dragged around and and not collar trained, and they're just kind of over it and and waiting, waiting, waiting. Meanwhile, your goats waiting to be milked. You know, they're super loud, and I get it. I get it. But also, these animals, these Nigerians are paying for these shows. I mean, these shows are sanctioning those Nigerians in a blink of an eye and they're helping pay for that show, right? Because you're you're going to have you're going to have every other breed that maybe is barely making making sanction if making sanction and then you've got 40 Nigerian seniors being shown and that's helping pay for that show so that next year you can have the show again. And I I I've heard Nate the the oh well Nigerians aren't real dairy goats and I tell people what do you mean? Look at I've that butter fat. About, Look at that I've protein. Heard, I've heard. I think you can. Some of the newer breeds. I'm going to say newer. You know, since 1980, I've heard it about each of each of them probably. Um, you know, so you know you're going to hear it. Yeah. Um, you know, but. I would say to Harley that I wouldn't be discouraged for, by people uh, looking down on you. Just keep doing your thing. Um, people can be pretty cruel, but there's also really nice people at shows, and most of them are nice. Uh, the people that are looking down on you, maybe they're – I think it really just comes down to jealousy or just impatientness. Uh, keep doing your thing. It's uh, – The haters are – Haters are going to hate. I mean, I can't tell you how many Nigerian friends I have that are either getting into standards as well or have standards as well. Uh, It's just, I think Nigerians, if we could have Nigerians here, we probably would just because of the profitability of them. Um, But we just don't have enough space to have a ton of little Nigerians running around. But it's, uh, I, I think, I think honestly, it's just a jealousy thing and just keep your chin up in the show ring and keep doing your thing, Harley. Yeah, I think my 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 response or my answer to this is, you, you <laughs> it's always cliche. Actually. You don't need that kind of negativity. Um, find someone who likes Nigerians, hang out with them. Find somebody who doesn't care that you've got Nigerians. Yeah. Um, you know, I've met some really awesome people uh, in the Northeast who have Nigerians, and you know. We'll help them show Nigerians, and they'll help us show Obies. And you know, it's it's cool, it's fun, um, you know. And as John said, sometimes you end up, you know, they one of you ends up crossing over and, and getting the other breed. Um, you know, the people who kind of sneer at the the Nigerians. Um, they're going to sneer. You know, you're not going to really change their attitudes. Um, I would say um, chin up. Um, try to have fun at the shows. Find people to have fun at the shows with. They're out there. Um, and yeah. uh, if you have any more questions about finding people to hang out with, we'd be happy to find to help you find people. Um, you betcha. So... Uh, yeah, I think that's our feedback. Thanks, Harley, for that feedback question. I kind of cherry-picked it. Usually I kind of grab them randomly, but uh, 
this one I had a couple conversations, like I said this week, and it felt like good timing for me, so I pulled it out. Uh, now on to some ad good news. Online voting is open for the 22 national show judges. Uh, you have until January 24th to vote, and it's available online. You should have received an email uh, with a link that you have to put in the ADGA password, which is uh, ADGA member 21. And yeah, you can vote online, or you can do it the old way and download the uh, ballot and, and mail it in if you want to do that. Uh, so it, it was interesting to see it available online this year. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. that I was really excited. Yeah. Really excited to see that it was online. There's some it, really it, good names on that ballot, too. There are some great names on that ballot. Some, you know, great conversation starters just going down through. You know, okay, mm-hmm. this one, yeah, that not, I don't want that one. You know, this one. You, you can go back and forth on, on many of them. And, uh, you know, there's a couple new names on there, too. Yeah, there are. And, uh, you know, there's the and uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact, just a simple fact, here we are, we're doing online voting. Yeah, Online voting. First. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited just that they're doing it. So you, there's really very little... You know, reason to not do it unless you just don't want to or you don't have the time to. You can either download it and mail it in or you can do it right online. Comfort of your home. You don't even have to stagger out to the mailbox in the beautiful white whiteness of snow. Well, I would say I would add to that that uh, even if, if people say on like the West Coast that aren't planning on going to nationals, I would still suggest to vote. Who you want? Oh, yeah. Who you would want to have as your judges at national show, um, and have your voice heard? It, it does help people like us on the East Coast who are going to be going. Um, you know, we want the, what everybody wants, not just what you know this group in the Northeast or this group in Central uh, U- Central U.S. want. So, um, well, yeah. it's also so an honor for the judges. You're kind of showing a bit of, you know, hey, this judge deserves to be mm-hmm. a national show judge. I'd like to see them get that honor. It really is uh, quite an honor from a judge's perspective to be selected. Oh, yeah. You know, so folks, if you know somebody on there and you'd like to see them get that honor, let's vote. Again, you know, let your voice be heard. You have till January 24th. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and move on into our topic, which is uh, the lessons well, from Kidding Season Past. It's kind of like Christmas Past, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uh, Christmas Carol esque. <laughs> you know, uh, many of our listeners may have remembered that uh, I had a uh, horrendous kidding season last year and i think john john had his one of his most heartbreaking you know moments of of kidding seasons last year yeah yeah um, it, carla um yeah yep it was a rough one um we certainly didn't have as many uh missteps as you guys did no offense but you guys had quite the rough year 
uh, when we, it came we to did. killing season, one that you probably don't ever want to be reproduced again. Um, no, no, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Is we we've actually we were at this like in September, yeah. where we're looking at okay, what happened last year at this point between this point and May, and what can we change to prevent the bad stuff that happened? You know, and have more successes. Right. And, um, and you can look back on all of your kidding seasons. I mean, some go uh, super smooth and um, some are like the battle for Middle Earth. If I have any Lord of the Ring fans out there, uh, it's it's just it's just I felt somewhere crazy. there was Gandalf saying none shall pass. Last <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah. 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 That, that was place. last year. <laughs> that was so. I mean, I've had this is going on our Tierney. Is it our fifth kidding season? No, fourth, fourth, fourth kidding season. And besides last year having Carla get sick on us and and dying, we've been knock on wood pretty fortunate to have some uh, pretty easy kiddings. We have had a couple rough ones, which we'll get into when we talk about uh, first fresheners, but. Uh, we've been pretty darn lucky, and I honestly think it comes down to feed manage it, management, at least for us. Uh, so we'll go ahead and jump into that aspect of our lessons learned from kidding seasons past, uh, and that is feed management. Um, did yes. you want me to take the helm of that part first? And well, I was you... going to jump in and, and point out mistakes that may have been made in the past. Okay, go ahead. And for us, it was like looking at the does and going, oh, they're, they're looking a little, you know, thin on the, the top and the backs. And, you know, I want to get them some energy. I'm going to, I'm going to grain them, you know, right on through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just going to get grain right on through. They're going to get not quite what they were getting on the milk stand, but I want to make sure they've got plenty of grain to, to get them through this kidding season. You know, and with that, you know, we'll get their, they'll get their 18% protein sweet and, and, uh, you know, so they're not milking. So I'm going to back off on, on, you know, the minerals, not the mineral supplements, but the, uh, grain supplements. Um, so, you know, those are mistakes that could, that were made and, you know, I'll admit, you know, from a nutrition standpoint, that that can be a mixed bag in itself. Yes, you get those for the gestation look good, but then you start having troubles at the end. Right. I So you and I kind of sit on different aspects of that. Uh, we grain ours all the way through, but we do it a little bit different than what you guys have done in the past. And what I've done or what I do is I'm giving half of a scoop of grain to each pen. Okay. So one pen has uh, four of my older does in it. So they're getting half of a scoop of grain for that one pen twice a day. See, and then yes. same thing go same thing goes for our juniors. And there's five in there. 
So they're getting, and they're actually getting a little bit less than half a scoop. Um, so really, if you think about it, that half a scoop, or we can say full scoop, divided by four, they're not getting a ton of grain. Right? So we've done a similar thing. I've cut their feed by like 75%. So they went from, yeah, basically they, they get, you know, a fraction of what they've been getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still uh, doing things though, like they're, they're getting um, sweet feed, of course, they're getting their, their pellets, but they're also getting their uh, boss, the black oil sunflower, they're getting their oats, they're getting the alfalfas. Yeah, I don't, um, even, I don't even do all, all mixed, that. All mixed in, well, that's just how I do. And they're mm-hmm. getting all that mixed in, except the proportion comes down to like they're getting not even a cup of feeding. Okay, so they're getting some, but they're getting you know just under a cup. It's more than a half a cup. They're getting less than a cup of feeding per dough. It's really like grain feeding. Take you know, I, I've put the feed down, and by the time I put the feed down in multiple little air, multiple feed pans, mm-hmm. it's gone. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, but we're feeding. We're also feeding the herd. Um, uh, 15 does together. Right. Now, so, one might ask, why are we talking about how much grain we're giving to does? And uh, the the simple answer is, if you're giving these does all this extra feed, not only is that going to their bodies to uh, give them nutrition, but it's also going that extra protein, that extra fat, whatever, is also going to go to that fetus that is growing inside of them. Right. And that can cause the fetus to grow uh, bigger and larger than what they normally would be. Uh, Now, the last 30 days of a doe's gestation, I will back off a feed quite a bit where I will give them just a tiny bit of feed. And for my first fresheners, that tiny bit of feed is going to be on the milk stand so they can get trained to it. But yep. they're getting they're getting much less feed, uh, and that's because this might be the cow guy in me, but uh, our old vet and our old dietitian used to say, you know, back off the feed uh, for those those cows that are about to freshen because that is pretty much solely going to go towards uh, milk production and fetus, right? So that those last thirty days, now this is like I said, old cow guy stuff. Uh, those last 30 days, that fetus is that's when you're going to see the most growth out of that fetus. Um, yeah, and knock on wood, we haven't had huge kids. We've had one first freshener have one huge buck kid. The dead, you know, the the words that no breeder wants to hear single buck kid, right? Yeah, uh, and that's that's what she had, and that was a pull and a half. I mean, I really had to pull that guy out, but uh, besides that. Um, I, I'm going to keep sticking to what I've been doing because it's been working really well for us here. See, now the, the thing to consider though, is in that last, you know, few weeks, in the last few days before freshening, um, that is when, yes, as you pointed out, that's when the kid or the fetus is going to put on, uh, do the, do a lot of weight gain. They're going to, mm-hmm. you know, 
it, they're going to pull that though from the the dam, and they're going to where they're going to pull it from. They're going to pull it from the muscle. They're going to pull it from the bone, and it's going to come from there unless the doe can replenish that. So there is you know the dangerous thought process of well I've got to feed them so that they can you know replenish their energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think taking them completely off feed. Is no, I'm not. Like, no, yeah, taking them completely off feed. But I mean, they're but still getting as much hay as they want. Reducing what you got, but then you got to get to like you get to within days, and you need to make sure they have the energy though to make the right. final push. Um, now, uh, one old saying that we used to have in the cow world is a fat cow that's about to calve is a dead cow uh you have to watch yeah. to make sure that those your does are not fat 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 way over conditioned and then because that fat builds uh especially in like nigerians or in Oberhasli, uh you'll see that fat build usually at the tail head right where yeah. you know they've got stumpy little tails because there's just so much fat on that rear end uh and with that fat that i'm not a vet but uh s- simple Simple math here tells me that they're they're fat in that rear end. Uh, That cervix is probably not going to be able to uh, contract the way it needs to. And you could have issues with getting a kid out of a uh, tight area. So uh, you have to Uh, think about the condition of your animals, too. Okay, I'm going to story time. Okay. And it's not really about a doe, a pregnant doe freshening, but it's about... A view that my wife and I saw of an overconditioned doe. Um, we were, it was breeding season back now about two or three years ago, probably about three years ago. And we had a doe, we really wanted her bread. And we just couldn't get a bread, we couldn't get a bread, couldn't get a bread. And to drive home your point, my wife said, well, we've got this speculum. Let's look up in there and see what's going on, see if there's an issue with her cervix or anything. And it's one of these, you know, Sandy Van Echo makes these beautiful glass speculums. They're great. Um, you know, contact her if you want glass speculums. Right. Okay. But we're, we pushed that up in. And the weird thing was as we pushed that cervix up, the cervix, the speculum up the the doe you know to see the cervix this doe is of course element she at the time she was grossly overweight Mm -hmm. okay you if you spoke the word donut she gained 15 pounds (laughs) okay um you know who who i'm talking about by the way i'm sure i I think you do is it addy yes okay okay but yeah if we put the speculum upper you could see the her, her her birth canal was just so fatty that it it you it pushed the the you know it just looked weird just because she was so fatty right there because she was oh so overweight as you said it it's it goes there now what yeah. we did actually to get a bread was um it basically was hay and water. We took we put, took her off grain. We put her in her own pen, and she uh, 
one on hay and water. You know, it was second cutting, but we put her on, on hay and water. And um, sure enough, you know, after about two or three cycles, she uh, came in heat and she took. And that's how we got uh, Miss B and Maddie. Um, but it was one of these things of she just, she, she was so overweight and you could see it pushing that speculum up in there, in there. That's the fat moving out of the way, all the, yeah. the fatty tissue. And so to drive home your point, yeah, you know, you, you don't want an over conditioned animal, A, at breeding season, B, during gestation. And C, or at partition. Um, so, right. I'm kidding. So it's you know something to consider, and but at the same time trying to keep healthy animals. Um, we we're still probably going to feed something just because you know the black oil supplies fat. It also supplies some calcium. Um, so does the alfalfa. Alfalfa supplies calcium as well as some sugars. Boy, oats you, are fiber. Um, you're, so, you spoil the crap out of your goods. You, you want to know what um, my goods get? My, they get my, a pedicure every so often. Yeah. <laughs> my go, my goats, they get hay, free choice, right? So yep. they, they get free. They get hay out in their feeder every day when they're yep. out on our dry lot. And then when they're inside, they get uh, hay, which is usually like uh, two and a half, three flakes of hay. Um and they've got that until they run out and they they don't have any feed until the morning and they've got plenty of water and they get grain twice a day and it's not much. Um, so we kind of, we're we're just like, Hey, you know, good luck. Like you got this. We're we're kind of similar except that in in that we have two, two traits here that are, I think really, really important for your pregnant does, especially during the winter. And, And if you live in the, northern half of the country where we're all seeing snow i'm watching the snow right now fall out front and uh loser (laughs) yeah yeah thank it's it's beautiful it's scenic it's gonna convert to snow that's no terrain tomorrow all right we already we already had your 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 weather oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sorry sorry um anyway um hay and water you got to make sure these more I, I almost want to say more important than, than the grain. You got to make sure your does have good hay and plenty of clean water. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not even hurt as you approach, you know, kidding season or kidding a time when they're actually going to kid. If you're going to, you maybe put molasses or Gatorade or uh, blue light or some kind of electrolyte product in there. Yeah, um, I generally do that just after they kid. I'll give them some warm water with. Uh, we'll molasses. do it as they're leading up to it, like you know, the week or two leading up, just so they're used to it. Oh, um, they don't. They that's their treat. They they don't get it, but as soon as as soon as they kid, they're looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll do that in in but the past few years, you know, not past few. Last year we made the mistake was, uh we wanted, you know, I know what happened in my brain and why I allowed the doe to, to be in that condition. Oh, I know what but happened I was, too. I was trying to get them 
to be ready out of the box for show season. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what happened with you. I mean, if you recall, when I came to help you with chores, uh, when you guys were in the thick of your uh, woes, um, I was helping you grain your goats and you were pouring the grain and I was like, Nate, this is what they're getting. And you're like, yep. And I was like, this might be your issue, bud brother. This might be a, I might've found your issue. Like this is a lot of grain. And I totally get where your brain was going with it because you wanted them to bounce back quicker from kidding and be in better condition. So they didn't have to struggle to get that weight back up and be ready to be in a show rig. Um, I get the thinking a hundred percent, but, um, I just, I don't know. I don't think you'll do that again, probably, right? I say, but <laughs> the actual result was it took them longer to recover from mm-hmm. having freshened because they had ketosis or the serum milk fever yeah. or who knows goodness what or huge kids or something. And so, you know, you live and learn. And I'll admit, yeah. there's a bit of live and learn here. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's perfect. I mean, there's yeah. going to be every there's every kidding season. I learn something new. Usually it's I how badass my wife is because she is just amazing when it comes to tough poles. I mean, I have way too big of arms and hands to be yep. able to pull out some of these big kids uh, and tyranny. I mean, last year she was right up, right up, ready to help Jem with a tough, tougher kidding for her. Uh, and and she got it done. So. I, I think that it's uh, you, you learn you learn something new every year. Well, and, and with all this, I'm going to throw in there your, your mineral management. Mm-hmm. Because you know you meant I mentioned you know some things we feed are for the minerals. Yeah. You know, the calciums and and there's actually other things within those those products that I mentioned. Um, but making sure your animals have access to minerals. Um, yeah. You know, we haven't quite done what, you know, I don't know if anyone noticed. Uh, I think this past week, Don George posted a picture of of his animals out on their dry lot. And he's got these four mineral block tubs. Okay. And it's white and it's red and it's green and it's blue. You know, in one in each one. Mm-hmm. Now we haven't quite done that. We've got the red and the blue, um, but you know, minerals. You, minerals are important for your animals. You know, trace minerals, uh, cobalt, millenniums. Um, Even if it's just the minerals. bag of loose mineral that you can get from say, tractor supply, that's better those, than nothing. There are those who who say that loose mineral is better than block mineral. Um, you know, I think any mineral is better than none. Right. Um, but in, and I'll say, you know, you could get what is the, the horse mineral bag from, from tractor supply. That's an easy one. Um, I've had a friend who formulated a tr- loose mineral, um, with a nutritionist. Um, and that's pretty good. And you can go, you know, those are, I think to me, opposite ends of the spectrum. And somewhere in between, you know, you can find, you know, loose minerals. But make sure your animals have access to those uh, nutrients, those, those 
trace minerals and macronutrients and micronutrients um, that their bodies require. Um, sometimes the feed you're feeding may not have it. Sometimes the hay you're feeding, especially if it's local hay, may not have all of what your animal needs. Up here in the Northeast, we're selenium deficient, um, or at least where we are. So we know that we have to keep an eye on selenium with our animals. So it's, it's just something to, to consider. Um, John, I got a question for you. I think I know the answer. I do know the okay. answer. Inducing. Yeah, inducing. Some people do it. Some people don't. Uh, we do it. And usually, like, it's it, the last two years we've been doing it with all of our does, right? Uh, it's just is easier to induce them either five days uh, is usually the protocol. I'm not going to go through the whole protocol because you and I are not vets. So I'm not going to give no, people out no. a protocol. They can talk to their vet. But uh, usually it's five days. Um, and it's definitely with our first fresheners. Uh, we last year had our first fresheners uh, ultrasounded so we could see what was going on. And one showed twins and one showed a single. So uh, it just kind of that single, knowing that there was one with a single was like, okay, we have to be super careful, make sure she, her condition's right, you know, and, and really focus on her making, you know, we don't want a, a 15 pound buck kid coming out of an over right? No, that's not the goal. So uh, we induce, so it can help curb really huge kids because over especially I feel have a tendency to uh, be happy pregnant and not wanting to kid right away. So they can go, I mean, I've had one, go i think 10 days 10 or 12 days over and her kids were huge she pushed them out no problem she was a big old doe but uh she, those those kids were pretty pretty large marges um so but i i, I honestly think oprah Hosley have a tendency to want to just hold on to those babies right oh um, yeah no i i hear you um they're, they're pretty good mothers along that line yeah. um, well, they're like oh i'm hold getting those this babies <laughs> yeah i like this well you know, goodness, you know, to talk about does who like being pregnant, you know, both uh, Cream and Addie, um, those are two does, uh, opposite ends of the personality spectrum during normal year during lactation. You get them both pregnant and they're both love bugs. You know, mm -hmm. they're just so happy to be pregnant and, oh, you know, pet me, love me, love me, pet me. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Jem, Jem the other day would yesterday with those kids Jem doesn't like people right she's not a people person she's she's called the cat she's just a grumpy old lady she's not headbutting or anything but she's just like she's getting pet by people and she's like eh, i could care less like i'll do this <laughs> for you but i but i hate it and, and yesterday she's very visibly bred like there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever she's a fat happy girl but not too fat and she's sitting there getting pet by these kids and she's happy as can be right she's you know, licking my hand as as she's getting pet, she's happy. So, uh, it, it, pregnancy can definitely change the attitude of does. But uh, again, they can definitely hold on to that and you know decide to go ten days late, and then you can have this problem of having big kids. Uh, moving on into the fact that uh, we tr we are going to try to ultrasound this year again uh, our first fresheners. Um, and just to make sure we don't have too many 
uh, does with singles. I mean, obviously, if they have singles, there's nothing you can do about it. But we want to be aware of that so we can be prepared. Uh, so, you know, we don't want Mary Mac getting too fat uh, like her grandma has a, a habit of doing. So yes. <laughs> we, want, we want to make sure that, oh, if she's got a single in there, that we're, we're okay. Um, you know, it, probably if she has a single, we'll back her way off the grain, you know, and have a quarter scoop for that pen. You know, it's just I, I don't want to be too uh, over eager with that. So so our plan is very similar. So we we also induce mm-hmm. and, you know, again, we, you know, we're not vets as far as we're not going to on the podcast here tell you what what our protocols all are. If you just want to kind of, if you want to ask us as, as breeders, you can message one of us. Um, it's that, but again, realize we're not veterinarians, right? Um, really, your best bet is to check with your vet, and it's going to differ based on breed, believe it or not. So, um, with us, you know, we in, we do induce. Mm-hmm. Um, we also ultrasound. Um, and I'm I'm going to say, you know, we we uh, past few years, uh, our friend Jessica Miller, she's been on the podcast. Uh, had come over and she's done ultrasound. And we've kind of made a play date out of her kid and our kids. And, you know, they they get along awesome. They'll play. And, and you know, we're all, you know, Jessica, Jen, and I will go in the barn and we'll ultrasound some goats. And, and uh, yeah, she'll come, she'll come do that for you. But I ask her and she's like, oh, it's too far. Well, it's another two and a half hours for her. Ah, whatever. Like a five hour one way trip for her. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so past few years, we've been able to just get kid numbers and what we've, you know, like decided for this year is quite frankly, those does who have singles, we're going to keep an eye on them. Um, if for whatever reason we feel they're getting too big for having just a single in there, um, we may induce a bit earlier. We might even go to seven days on on that inducing rather than just five. Um, we found, you know, seven days, the kids are pretty much fully developed. Um, they're still a bit smaller than they are at five days, which are still smaller than they would be at full gestation. Right. Um, but it gets that potentially large, single, usually buck kid, Mm-hmm. Um, out of that dough and except it's smaller and hopefully less of an issue for the dough. Now I realize, you know, there's always dangers when you mess with, you know, hormones and, and, and stuff. And that's why I'd say before you do any of this, if you haven't done it before, uh, check with your vet. Yeah. Um, you know, we checked with our vet before we did it. We also checked with other experienced breeders before we did it. Um, and we have a few, you know, backup. You know, we can call a few other people and say, hey, this just happened. We're not expecting it. What do you think we should do? And we get advice. Um, yeah. But for us, we, we induced re- for smaller kids. Um, also, the other reason we induce is so we can say, it's Friday night. We want those kids to start dropping so that we both can be here. We can catch those kids. If there's an issue, we both are here to help. 
you know, the dough. We're both able to do what has to be done. Um, right. That's why the other reason we induce. Is so I was, was going to say the same thing. We, so, we, yeah. we definitely do the same thing. We've got mm-hmm. last year we were lucky. I think our kidding season was two days and it yeah. was two days back to back and we were done. Right. <laughs> uh, easy peasy. So it, it, it's definitely something to think about. I will say if you're going to induce, you better gosh darn know the exact date that dough was bred. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. that That's the other thing. You need to know the date and you need to know it cold. Mm-hmm. Pen breeding, don't do that. Don't induce on a pen breeding. Nope. If, meaning if you said, I'm going to throw these five does in with this buck and in four weeks I'll take them out. That's not good for doing no uh, inducing. Um, or the other thing, though, is if you breed a doe to a buck, you write it down. Yep. If you breed her again, you write it down right. in the same location. Yeah. I'm with it. When you induce, you're, you're playing with some pretty powerful stuff. Um, we had a doe uh, give birth 21 days before she was due. At that point, everyone we spoke to, the earliest they'd ever heard of any doe giving birth and the kids surviving, at that point was something like 17 days. And we had a pair of, we had a doe whom we induced and then we discovered we had the wrong date. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the miracle of the whole thing is, and the doe kid survived. Yeah. And she beat John every show. Did she? Mira. Oh, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I had to... Whatever. That was fine. But, no, no, but, but fine. that's the thing, though. She survived, and she did very well. And and she and herself is a bit of a miracle. Um, but I don't recommend 21 days early. Uh, I don't even recommend 14 days early. 10 is like, if there's an emergency... No, yeah, I think I, the furthest I, yeah. I would go to seven. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, and by saying seven, that's when we give the stuff. Yeah, it'll probably be more like at six or at five. So, uh, unless again there are issues. Um. So. Um. No, know that, those dates. What? For sure. I was gonna. I said, uh, know those dates for sure. Um. Now, one thing you guys have dealt with, I've never had to truly deal with this because, I mean, I thought Carla had this, but I don't think it ended up being that, uh, is milk fever. Um, yeah. That's something you guys have had to deal with a couple times. And how do you guys curb milk fever now? I mean, you're never ever you're never going to not have milk fever. It's going to happen, especially if you have really super dairy does that are super milky. Um it, but how how are you guys curbing it? It's a calcium deficiency. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the ways we do it is we find foods that are high in calcium. Right. 
fel, uh, alfalfa and, and clover are high in calcium. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons we give the uh, alfalfa pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of calcium in the husk of uh, black oil sunflower seed. Okay. Um, and so that's one of the other reasons we do it. Um, you know, we, we keep an eye on the does and we know, you know, if we, we watch for that sign, you know, they, the temperature start, their body temperature starts to drop. They, they milk starts to, you know, they, they came on really strong in milk and suddenly it's starting to falter, you know, you know, you need to keep calcium gluconate at hand, um, you know, possibly, um, you know, I know we had, we got spoken to, you know, Ashley was worried when we mentioned calcium bicarbonate. Um, That's all you, buddy. Right? It, yeah. I'm not touching it on my farm. I'm but not touching you, and it. You, and you got to be careful with that. You got to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. on how much the dough eats and, and takes in. Um, well, you know, if taken, if it takes too much, it could be an issue. But at the same time, it can be, you know, it can... Uh, help. Um, I agree. I think if you've never had an issue with milk fever or or anything like that in your farm, uh, you know, my dad used my dad says if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Uh, so that's why I've never added it. Now I have the stuff on hand to treat milk fever. Uh, but I'm not doing any of that uh, sodium bicarbonate or anything like that. Uh, it's just not my not going to be. Well, we we only something start, I go to. I'll say we lately we've only taken that out when we've seen a sign right of being starting to be an issue. Right. Um. You know, and you know, I know there's a lot of dairy farmers and a lot of goat farmers and me you know, big production people that say you know, when the animal goes to you know sodium bicarbonate, you know, there's an issue with your feeding. Um, and minerals should be in the feed or in the hay, um, you know, and that's the other thing you do is you, if you can, you get, uh, hay, your hay, your fodder or whatever, you know, dry, you know, vegetative matter you're feeding your animals, uh, should have a certain amount of, of calcium in it, um. And again, that's why we supplement with the alfalfa pellets because we do a lot of, uh, you know, orchard grass and Timothy hay, which has some calcium, but not as much of, say, alfalfa or red clover. Mm-hmm. And for us, once the grass turns green, the does have plenty of that. But until then, we're kind of deficient here where we are. Um, so. We, we've got to find ways to supplement. I agree. So that's um, that's what we, we look for with milk fever. Um, and if someone has more questions about milk fever and you contact me, I will warn you. I will probably turn to my wife and go, how do I answer this? Um, my wife, I'll admit, <laughs> my, my beautiful wife, you know, is she's not a veterinarian by training or profession. But when it comes to uh, medical stuff on our farm, she pretty much operates like our veterinarian. Um, you know, right. 
if I don't know what, what to do, I kind of turn to her, and she usually does. Um, I agree. So, now, I was going to touch on, uh, you know, once they kid type deal, how, how you uh, deal with that. But honestly, you can, you the listeners can go back to our Growing Kids Start to Finish uh, two-part series that we have from earlier this year. One thing I do want to touch on uh, before we head out is that for kidding season, probably the biggest lesson that anybody can learn uh, is uh, be prepared, right? So have your kidding supplies ready. Have yeah. your kid your we have a kidding box that we call it, which is uh, all of our goodies. You know the aspirators, the uh, iodine cord dip it, uh, cups, and and iodine, and you know all towels, everything. Right. Uh, just be prepared. Uh, get prepared like a month out. Right. So that way it's ready to go. So all you have to do is grab it and go out the door. I, and I would even say it sounds crazy. There's some things you, you can find lists of things, especially as we get closer to kidding season of things to have in your kidding box. And I'll probably make things, a I'll probably make a post about that on our Facebook page. I think. Yeah, that's and, a good idea. and I may chime in and, and add some things in on that, too, mm-hmm. um, just because. It's one of these things of you don't think you need it. And I, and I kid you not, like somewhere between 9 o'clock on a Saturday night and, and 7 a.m. on a Monday morning, you're going to need it. Yep. And the stores that you're going to need to get it from will be closed. And so... But to a certain extent, you, you got to prepare. Um, I'll tell you right now, we've got uh, the Save a Lamb uh, Kid Milk Colostrum Replacer. Um, we really like that one in a pinch. Uh, but we've also got uh, an entire compartment of our chest freezer devoted to pasteurized uh, colostrum of different stages, you know, meaning. This was the first day's colostrum. This was second day's colostrum. This was third day's milk colostrum. Um, that's all been pasteurized and ready to you to be thawed and heated up for kids if we don't have powder or can't use powder. Um, we've also got, yeah, the iodine. And it's just, it's, you get, be prepared. Have net, the gloves for in case you do have to uh, assist or mm-hmm. go in. Um, you know, the other thing that's often not looked at or thought about, you know, we mentioned about the milk fever, um, and, uh, ketosis, um, in there, we kind of hinted at it with the feed, um, ketosis is a possibility and have, you know, stuff for dealing with that, have, uh, molasses, Goodness, we go to the, the home setter store here, and we buy it by the gallon. Uh, we also make sure to have the uh, Costco or BJ's or Sam's Club a container of Tums. Um, that's also a good source for calcium for those doughs. Uh, the Maria has been known to go off and pick. Uh, raspberry leaves off dried up blast raspberry leaves off the raspberry plants so that the does have 
that that source for uh, urinary tract health, but also to have things to help that doe after she's freshened. Make sure she's passed that placenta. Make sure that there's no uterine infection or issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Keep an eye on that doe, and the, that in itself, we'll we'll discuss that later here in the winter. Um, those are things to think about. But yeah, to be prepared. Uh, it's this time of year. It's good to, you know, you're into five feed for the animals at the feed store, you know, check out, make sure you've got some molasses or, or make sure you've got kidding supplies. Yeah. For tri- yeah. Nipples. Go through your list. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, it's, it's just what you got to do. So for sure. I think that's a good spot to wrap her up, Nate. It um, is. It's wonderful. <laughs> you 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 ended it off uh, nicely enough there, where I don't even have to add in. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> now, next week we might do a little fun podcast where we call up out, call our guests, and and have a conversation with them about the new year and their resolutions. But uh, that's not set in stone yet. But I think that would be a fun one. I think um, so too. So it'll be of good, you know, the phone calls of guests past, right? <laughs> so, uh, Nate, I want to thank you again for joining me and everybody else. This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. That's Nate. Y'all have a good one. Good night. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.